Othello, a minute to learn, a lifetime to master. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. And that's it. That's it. But, you know, we should, we should probably kick one of us off the show today because it, Othello is really a two-player game. All right, I'll uh, talk I, to you guys next week. No, 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 I'll go. I don't. <laughs> I actually like Othello. Yeah, a lot of eager people to get off the show. <laughs> I love Othello. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your love for Othello, Joe? Sure, I'll give a little a little uh, background. I'm not like not a fanatic, but uh, I, I used to just I, I started playing Othello just casually, like as I would play checkers, and I always liked it. Um, I don't, I really don't have too much more to say about my love for it. It's not like I like went to Othello <laughs> tournaments or like did any any crazy crazy story. But it's a fun strategy game, like the, not the NES game, the actual board game of Othello. Did you uh, call it Othello, or did you call it Reversi? I I only heard about Reversi a couple minutes before we started recording. Mike Mike mentioned that I've I've only ever called it Othello. That's so weird. I mean, um, I had, I had seen this game like ex- like I'd seen people play it. I never really knew the rules. First, I thought it was just Go, but I know it's not Go. But uh, I the only other thing I had heard of was Reversi. I had never heard that this described as Othello. Well, Sean, you give me a great segue there because I also only knew it as Reversi until I started like. Um, I guess looking into the game a little more and then it became Othello and that's how I knew it going into this episode but the Othello thing actually comes because that's like that's the change between there is actual differences between Reversi and Othello yeah. and they're like really small differences but apparently like Othello is a game that's like patented in Japan and so when you go to like the app store Nobody can just like make a generic Othello game. You have to call it Reversi because nobody has like a license on that one. Hmm. But you can't like if you go to the app store and look up like I just want to play some Othello today, they'll just show you Reversi games instead. It's really weird that, that it's just the naming convention, I guess. Yeah, like everything else about it is up for grabs. Yeah. The um the the modern version of the game, uh Othello, if you if you will, we'll we'll refer to it just as that going forward. Um is uh the only the only difference is that in reversi when a uh when a player could not make a move that was like the the end of the game and i believe now in othello when the player cannot make a move then the next player you just pass and the the other player is just able to continue to go Uh, should we do like a quick overview of the of the rules of the game othello yeah, I think so. I think that's warranted because I imagine if I had to like rank the most common tabletop board game, I don't even know if you call them board games, but tabletop games in the world, chess would probably be like number one, go number two, checkers number three, and Othello is like probably one that doesn't have as much exposure as anywhere near those other three. It's like somewhere in the in the range of like a mouse trap. <laughs> Oh, everyone knows Mousetrap. Everyone mouse knows trap. how to build a Mousetrap. <laughs> Nobody knows how to play it. No. Joe, you volunteered. Would you like to walk us through a little uh, rendition? You don't have to give me all the rules yeah. and all the complicated Right. Uh, I mean, but... it's it's pretty simple, really. Uh, you're on a, a board. I think it's an 8x8 eight eight board of eight 
eight by eight tiles. Um, and there are, you have little, uh, discs that are black on one side, white on the other. Uh, so you, you put them in a little checkerboard like square in the middle, just four, four discs. And then really you just place one of your discs in your color surrounding or like on either end of however many of the other players color. So like if, if you bookend your other player's color, you can flip over any, if you're white and you bookend the black pieces, you can flip over any black pieces in between your two white pieces. Um, and that's really the, the, the game. The whole goal of the game is that once the board's fi- filled, you want to have more of your pieces uh, than, than the other player. And the result is actually kind of more complicated than it sounds because oh, yeah. a- at any given moment, like half the board can, can switch. Yeah, and another uh, quick note uh, is that you may you may only place something down if it will result in a flip. Like you can't just sort of I'll, I'll put one over here uh, that's not really interacting with the rest of the game. It just it has to make a flip. Right, right. Yeah, and what's interesting here is like when Reversi first like became a thing. That was 1883, so this is definitely the oldest video game, uh, like, adaptation we're getting because of the, the time it took to get to here. But that's a, that's even, like, six years before Nintendo, the company, has found it. So, like, for Nintendo, this is kind of a big deal because Othello is really, like, a, a Japanese, uh, you know, game. It was patented in Japan in 1971. They brought out the rule book. They popularized the game a lot and opened up like official Othello tournaments. So it does make sense that we're seeing this game before, say, like, you know, chess or checkers, which you would imagine you'd get way before you ever get a game like Othello. But I think that happens strictly because of the Japanese tie-in. And it's probably likely, although I didn't look it up, that this game came out in Japan uh, long before on the Famicom, long before it came to the NES. I buy that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that this game had its roots in Japan. I thought it was another. I mean, just be, I guess just because of the reversey thing, but uh, it I guess that is like a European thing. Yes, Re- reversey is. I think actually is that the UK. I think that's where think that started. Was, and I think it was in Scotland or Wales. Or okay, something. got it. And there's like two guys that each claim they made the game, and they say the other one's a liar. <laughs> So that is what it is. We'll never know the truth because it's been so long. Who could who could find the official documents? But Joe, I think you gave a really solid explanation of how to play this game. So were you surprised at all upon booting up the NES version of this game that it really is just Othello, or is that is that about what we all expected to be doing? <laughs> I mean, I, I think that is what what we expected, um, or what I expected rather. But uh, but Mike, I mentioned to you earlier that like I. Really don't have too much, too much. They have a little bit, but to say about the NES game because it's just everything I have to say about the NES game is the stuff I have to say about Othello because it is pretty darn accurately just exactly Othello. I mean, it's not like any of the sports games we play where like they can't get it all. The rules are simple enough where they can get it all into an NES game. Um, so so no, I wasn't surprised. Sean, how about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only things that you can say about it's uh. It's port from uh, Meat Space to the NES uh, is how does it handle uh, y- how you interact with the game and how does it handle how you set up a game? I mean, I guess like, you know, it's easier to set up. Um, 
the the fact that you have computer players is cool. They seem to be well designed um, in terms of their AI, uh, and that's really all that you can say about the game outside of the actual board game. I think, and, and like it's got a very Spartan aesthetic. Like, there's, they're not really doing too much <laughs> to spice the game up, but I don't think it needs to. You must be reading my show notes because those two bullet points of how you interact with the game and computer difficulty are the two big talking points on my show notes today. Yeah. And so I'd love to talk about. (laughs) Well, you'd be surprised. I will go on a rant later, but, um, (laughs) but let's talk about how you interact with the game because I think that is the most important part of this whole thing, right? Is that video games are the future, right? In the future, all games will be played on your TV or now in VR or whatever, and, like, there will be no need for physical objects. But is a game like Othello, where the pieces really just switch between black and white, like, is that a game that's complicated enough to warrant, like, oh, this will be so much better when I have the video game version because I won't have to waste my time flipping these (laughs) tiles and and hoping I made the the right flips, like, oh, I accidentally missed one this time. Is this a game that warrants, like, needing this much like you think about like monopoly right a real board game which is not a real board game of course because we know what real board games are but to the general population <laughs> no real understand board what you mean <laughs> we're like elitists of board yeah, games. yeah real Your board euro games, like, board game dominance <laughs> or or i'm sure you know settlers of Catan is like now a big thing right in like mainstream and i think people would say that settlers of Catan is way above monopoly in terms of like an, a board game sure you know but, but Monopoly is a game that almost every American is familiar with. And that's a game that I believe we're going to get on the NES, but that's one that, like, makes sense, right? There's a lot of, like, can you even trust the banker? But then the banker has, like, a lot of different mistakes, and there's money to be handed out and properties, and you have to, like, keep it all in a tiny space to yourself. So, like, that makes sense. In a game where all you have to do is just pick up a, a pebble and put it on an 8x8 grid... Do you need this to be on the NES? I guess the one thing that that does, Sean, you mentioned it that I, I, f- I forgot to mention when I was talking about it is the uh, the AI. I mean, I guess in 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 the eighties, you don't have you can't just like go online and play Othello online, and you want to play Othello, you don't have someone to play it with. I, I guess that's a selling point that you can play against the computer. Uh, you can practice, you can hone your skills, but yeah, to your point. I mean, if you were to just take Monopoly and Othello and forget about which one you like better and just decide based on, like, which one would have more value in being a video game, I guess Monopoly. I mean, there's more setup to be done. There's more that's going on. Um, Whereas, like, Othello, yeah, you don't have to set up the board, but you're tied to your TV. So, like, setting up the board doesn't take that much time anyways. I, yeah, I think that the, the, the main draw for something like this is the fact that there are uh, AI opponents, like there are computer opponents of varying difficulty uh, with different uh, rules that you can enforce. Um, it is it is funny that like it, it's such a basic thing that we're simulating here. Uh, it almost feels like some of the first video games, which were just like just experiments of like, well, let's just try and recreate this uh, with machine code. Um, like it, obviously, all you need is a piece of paper to play uh, 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 X's and O's. What was it? Oh, Jesus Christ? Tic tac toe. Tic tac toe. Rock paper scissors. <laughs> obviously, all you need is a piece of paper to play that game. 
but let's have a computer do it. This almost feels like this kind of experiment, but but no, I mean, just because it has a computer opponent, I think it, it has some value. Yeah, okay. I think that's a, I think that's a good point. And to be fair, like anything that can be emulated into a video game experience is totally like justified to do so. Like I'm not saying this was a waste of time. I'm arguing that I would just rather having played this NES version, you know, whether Othello like itself is a great game or something like that isn't like going to be changed on someone's opinion of like this port of it to the NES. And so I would actually say that in this case, because it is a pretty simple to set up game and play, it's kind of just more fun and, and, uh, immersive, if you will, to just play in the real world, like <laughs> physical, just have like the tabletop game set up and flip those pieces. Cause the total time of that game versus an NES game is really not that much different. I totally understand where you guys are coming from. No, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd very, AI. Much, I'd very much prefer the tactile experience. Uh, of playing a, of playing the board game, but I, I just thought it was funny the way that you said that with the immer- immersion, like like whenever you go out into the baseball field and you're playing with your buddies, it's like oh this is so immersive, <laughs> like <laughs> right right. Well, I can't be the only one of the group that actually sees like the war qualities of a game like Othello, where it is actually like uh, you know there's a battlefield here and. Uh, being defensive, you know, if we're, if we're talking strategies, being defensive early on and then going on the attack later is like this beautiful art form in playing the game where you kind of need to like focus on just maintaining ground at first and then expanding your ground later on when there's less choices to be had. So this way you keep that lead. I think that there is definitely, like, some war games going on here. And so, you know, I'm not saying that that's, like, immersive, but it's fun to, like, see that happen in front of you rather than with, you know, 8-bit graphics. That's true. I get what you're saying. But also to that point, then, Othello is such a... As simple as it is, like, the more you play it, the more you realize that the strategy is, like, really, really deep in Othello. Uh, So, like, to that point, if you are, like, trying to get better at it and stuff... Then it, there's also just something really cool about being able to 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 play against the computer over and over again, try out your different strategies, test them out, and like when it's when there's no stakes of playing against an actual opponent. Granted, I mean the computer might the AI might be flawed, but so would your opponent be. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, there's a lot of strategies that like you might think, well, would this work? And it's just hard to get your mind around. So it's good to have that like model that you can that you can test. So this game is more utility. <laughs> yeah 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 it's like a training center yeah yeah that's a great point though sean about being a, a training center because i imagine that that's actually a very valid purpose yeah. for uh for that for this kind of thing you know even today but like back then you know computer uh computer chess computer go computer othello like these high strategy games that were like you know oh the best players in the world are like so much better than the rest of, you know, the players that play is a really neat concept. And to see it at like a high level, like Joe was saying, it is a very deep game. And when computers first started, it was actually like a programming challenge to say like, how am I going to beat the best human players in the world using a computer, using mathematics and, um, you know, uh, like puzzles to, to solve this and schedules and stuff like that. Like, how am I going to overcome that? And I I think that that's where the NES version really shines is that, you know, 
there, there's enough programming power here to really challenge the average player. I don't know about top players, but this could be a very challenging experience compared to, you know, playing your friend in a casual two-player match where neither one of you really cares all that much or about strategy. It's it's funny because in the manual for this game, uh, it describes the different uh, the, the different uh, computer difficulty levels, uh, not so much in how much better they are, uh, in just like how they're going to make the decisions, but it's more that the computer gets more time to think about the decision. Like it's just it's simulating however many permutations that this board can go, uh, and when when it gets to the harder level, it stop. It doesn't cut it off so quickly, so it makes the less than ideal move. Uh, so this is probably the most uh, resource intensive NES game we've played, if that's to be believed, because it's probably so, it's probably doing all of that like at the at the highest clock speed that it can. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I uh, I really like the the history of computer chess, and while it seems like Othello isn't as uh, high permutation maybe i'm wrong uh it's sort of the same concept so i actually have a question about that because i I wasn't sure what was happening when when you got in the higher difficulties and it was taking longer and and i thought maybe it was like trying to make me feel like it's taking longer and thinking but do do you think that it really like i don't know anything about computer chess and how that works but what you think it really was like i do yeah taking that time in order to like I just didn't think the AI would even be that advanced on the NES to be able to do that. So I thought it was just like a like an immersion thing, which I thought would have been silly. But if it is actually taking that time, that's that's really fascinating because it really is making the difficulty higher by just making the opponent better. Go ahead, Sean. No, you can go ahead. Okay, yeah, absolutely, Joe. Because even like very early computers, essentially, what I was what I was calling schedules. I'm not sure where I came up with that. I'm I'm referring to like trees where there's a bunch of like legal moves laid out in patterns that computers recognize and they look at the legal moves available to them and they're able to like look forward at yeah. all the, so like there's all these different trees essentially and they make deterministic things based on like the final outcome that they can see obviously like humans are not really capable of doing something We're like very that bad looking that. looking ahead that you know that many steps but a computer can and obviously like in a in a game you were saying this is an 8x8 board, which it is. There are smaller Othello boards, but this is the one that you get uh, access to in the NES version. There's no way that the NES had enough power to do, like, 10 to the 54th power uh, amount of trees, you know, to figure out, like, yeah. all the different nodes possible to to solve the game. I don't even think Othello's ever been solved, actually. I think it's still, to this day, not really? a solved game. Yeah. Wow. But, I mean, think about that number, though. 10 to the 54th power. They've been able to get a computer go uh, that can beat a human, but... No, 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 sorry, no. Beat a human, no problem. Othello can easily beat a human uh, with today's computers. It's not a solved game in the sense of, like, if you do all these moves, white can never win if you go first, Uh, you know? Interesting. Like, like it has not been... Where checkers has been solved, apparently. Okay. I mean, checkers is, yes, pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, you know, that's the difference, I guess, is, like, they're, they, you know, the, these computers try to brute force their way into, like, figuring out the the one, like, series of steps that will always guarantee victory. But because there's so many possible outcomes, 
you know, computers even have a long way to go before we can wow. figure out that answer. I didn't realize to make a long story, on that level, yeah. Yeah, to make a long story short for Joe, the computer is absolutely doing that here, and that's the difference, is, like, the time that it gets to calculate is the time that it's able to, like, look ahead and make the best possible decision based on future moves. So when you're playing on difficulty one, it's not that the computer is, uh, you know, like, a, like set to be terrible and make dumb moves. I don't think yeah. computer difficulty one ever really makes a stupid move. No. But I think it might make a suboptimal move compared to the level four, which I just found to be, uh, you know, like way beyond my talents. <laughs> I mean, I was only able, I, I played through like maybe a half dozen games. Uh, and I only won once, and that was with using, I think I did two cancellations in that match. Uh, so I mean, I, I, if you're, if we're going by the real rules of the game, I didn't win a single one, even on level one. <laughs> I don't know how you guys performed. Uh, I, I did like four, four games, and I, I think I won two, both against okay. level one. I played one, one against level four, and I, I, I don't think I won that one. I guess where we'll start on just, Computer difficulty in, in, uh, in games like Othello, because I do think that the computer difficulty in this game is, is making a mistake here in the way that it was programmed, because there really needs to be, especially for the audience that this is designed for, right? I doubt there were people like, there are always people who are going to be like hardcore into chess or for the Eastern audience, like hardcore into Go. That there's always going to be that, but this is not played at the same level. And so a lot of people who are picking up this game need to, like, first learn how to play this game. And there's no difficulty like that for the computer in this game. There's no, like, the computer will hand you victories, but you will also learn, like, why you were able to beat the computer because you continue to take more than you give and you figure out, like, oh, the corners are super important and I need to dominate, like, fixed spaces that the computer will never be able to get back. Like, to learn those things is something that I had to go outside of the game to find out. It was not something that the game was going to teach me here. And I'm not asking for tutorials, but I'm saying when the computer only really ever makes good to great to amazing moves, we're really just missing out on the experience of ever like learning from something that might be able to teach us the game in a more intuitive way. I don't know though. With, without that tutorials, like you're asking for a tutorial. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. Because I think without tutorials, the only way to do that would be well, yeah. I mean, to do it the way that you're saying, where it's like just have it have it so the the AI is more flawed, so it's like an even easier mode would probably be fine. But I, I feel like on playing against like an uh, competent computer opponent still made me like I, like I said, I, I've played this when I was younger. I haven't played it in years, so I had forgotten any strategy I had. And after a couple, after my first two times playing, I was already kind of getting some strategy just from all the things I was doing wrong. Like, I, I feel yeah. like it's the same thing as if you were to pick up, you know, if you were to now go teach someone, or not teach someone, but play with someone who's a beginner and you just start playing and you start making right moves. Unless you're going to verbally teach them, they'll just learn by losing to you, you know, or or just seeing what's happening. I feel like it's just such a... It's like you could say part of it could be trial and error, but also part of it is like a lot of thinking ahead and like fig- it, 
it lends itself to you figuring out how to how to work it. Like it's not yeah, like these by techniques doing. are impossible to to figure out by by thinking ahead. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I believe in that too. And and I heard Sean. I think you were saying that it sounds like I kind of am asking for a tutorial, which maybe I am. To be honest, not sure exactly what I was looking for here. I would just say that you know the. When you're playing against another person in a game like this, either either you fall into a trap where you're really good at this game from playing it all the time and your friend isn't quite there and they have to like either catch up or you just continue to learn how to exploit the common mistakes that they keep making. Like whereas, when we like, used to with play the, chess. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> exactly. Or you have the computer who, you know, because the only real thing it can do is just predict the consequences of the moves that you're likely to make, just play better than you. I agree that like level one is not impossible, but we have to we have to mention that like the computer in this game is pretty damn good. And like there is no necessary like beginner mode for for someone in this game. You will learn by losing to the computer even on yeah. level one. Like you will learn from that, no doubt. Yeah. It's just not the same um it's not the same friendly video game experience that we might be, uh, you know, used to today. Yeah, I, I guess the the closest thing that it offers is playing on on the lowest difficulty level, also without a time limit, because then you can because because like I said, all the all the strategy is there before you. You just have to. You just have to really be able to, like, take the time to really think about, like, what's going to happen if I go here? What's going to happen if I go there? You have to do what the AI is doing on level four. You have to sit there, probably take you a lot longer, and go through all your moves. And, like, that's kind of how you... Like, you can just... Cognitively, you can just come up with those strategies by by figuring them out as you're looking at your next move. So, like, I, I think... I've never played this game. I never played Othello with a time limit, but I, I assume a lot of people do. And I think just being able to play it without a time limit and without the pressure of having another person whose time you're wasting gives you like just the infinite amount of time to like figure it out, and then those strategies will come to you. It's not a, it's not necessarily the uh, the cleanest solution to what you're asking for, Mike. It's still just kind of like a workaround that the player has to do, but um, short of them having some sort of lessons or something. Yeah, that, that's the only thing that I can think of. I don't really know how they would how they would go about it. Maybe have some baked in situations that, uh, sort of like when I use uh, lie chess, like every day they would have uh, like a board and arranged in a certain way. What's the optimal move? Um, and I guess just have like a dozen of these baked in to the game. Uh, that like once you select it, it'll say why that was the correct answer, why that's the wrong answer. Uh, but I don't know, like especially in a game in this generation, uh, how in depth they can go with that. I think that uh, just an easy computer in a time in a very uh, a very generous time limit is probably the best that they can do beyond that. Yeah, that that's a great point, uh, and. You know, for what it's worth, uh, we we have we have talked about the game here, and I think somewhat the strategy. But I would say that you know, even though Joe and I have familiar background with the game, and Sean seems to as well, I don't think any of us are experts enough to tell you what are actually good strategies, just what our strategies are. (laughs) But there's other things to talk about here too. And Joe mentioned the timers. I don't know if this was just me, and maybe, like, if you play against the level 4 computer often enough, you would want the much longer timers, 
But I was actually looking for a timer that was more like, give me five minutes, you know, or do like, um, do a chess clock style where, you know, it's like bullet chess where you get a minute on each side, but when you make a move, you gain 10 seconds of time. So you're kind of like always trying to make a move in 10 seconds to gain more time. So this way you have more time later when you really need to think. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like that where you gain time for making fast decisions is interesting. I, I don't even know if the NES would be possible for that, but I just thought the time thing was a little strange. And I get that like the computer takes more time to think in later ones and might need more time or you might need more time against it. But I was looking for like a shorter option too. For I, sure. uh, I, I mean, I agreed that I didn't never, I never really needed the 20 minutes. Uh, I, maybe it's just because I was being too slapdash with my decision making, but I was, uh, it never felt too, too hard even when I was at the 20 minute mark. Um, but I, I feel like I'm getting deja vu. There, was there another game where there was a timer and you wanted a shorter timer? Or am I just kind of... I think I always want shorter timers. It was probably um, Anticipation. Okay, maybe it was that. I thought it was... Oh, you know what? No, it was Jeopardy, right? Jeopardy or... Fa- no, no, not Family Feud. We didn't even play that. Wheel of Fortune? I don't even know. I don't even something know. Something gave you... I think it was Jeopardy. They gave you like a... They gave you not enough time or something like that. I wanted more time. But this happens all the time. I even choose time. You know, I'm fluctuated. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I I do like that idea, though, of uh, at least in a in a one-on-one, like, person versus person. That, that is interesting to me. I don't really know how useful it would come against the computer, which is making these decisions much faster, but uh, for sure, I like that. And did you guys notice that when you when you start up this game uh, with awful music, I really don't understand the music. They just kind of throw a bunch of notes all over the place and hope something stick. It really just sounds like it's all spilling out of a cup. Did anybody else feel that way? I actually don't really remember the menu music, which is the music. I um, it's just happening. Yeah, I didn't really think too much about it. Yeah, well, go back and listen because it's definitely it's it's no Mega Man. Uh, or Castlevania, for that matter. Um, I just, I was blown away. I was like, wow, they, they're really not even trying here. But, I don't know, maybe it's nice they gave us music. They didn't have to. They could have just given us, like, a ticking clock uh, sound at the menu, and, like, then, like, a shush when you start the game. Like, everybody, yeah, exactly. Be quiet. Um, but when you start the game up, you know, you were presented with a lot of choices, and, you know, Comfortably, the first choice is always the best choice, right? You're probably playing this game by yourself. You hit play with the computer. You probably just want 20 minutes, so you hit start for that too. And you probably don't want to name yourself, so you hit start again. So that's start, start, start. And if you hit start the fourth time, it'll take you to the end of writing your name, and you'll hit start again, and nothing will happen. And you're like, oh, I guess I have to like type in my name. I guess they won't let you have a blank name. No, that's not it. It's no matter what, 
You have to then hit A to get into the game. So it's start, 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 A. No, I, well, I thought you had to go over to the little end thing on the keyboard that you're typing in your name. Yeah, but you have to but press the start A on will that. T- oh, yeah, yeah, but the, exactly. Yeah. The start will take believe, you directly to the end. I believe you right now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I agree that that's goofy. That's the... <laughs> Really? You could be in a game so much faster if you just click start, 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 start. Instead, you have to do start, 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 A. You're right. You're right. It's a, this is a joke of a game. It's a yeah. massive But it's like they didn't actually. play the game. It's like they didn't play the game if you think about it, right? <laughs> like, like, they have to know that that's weird, too. Of like, Or maybe they're saying, we want players to make a conscious choice when they start this game. <laughs> So they yeah. shouldn't hit start, they should hit A. Well, yeah, because it could be dangerous. Five seconds. If you let go, it cancels because we know that uh, it's a huge time commitment, you know? Yeah, and it's it's dangerous, too, because you're like, start, 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 you're going so fast, you might actually just hit it a fourth time and you didn't want to start the game, and then and then where are you? <laughs> These are all ridiculous situations. <laughs> I always, whenever I open, turn on a game, I just rapidly press the start button and hope it. I don't accidentally start the game. <laughs> I'm always trying to eliminate clutter in my life, okay? And I saw an opportunity here and I went for it. Also, what's up with every player having a great manicure? What? Like, the, every, did you see the purple, like, fingernails? <laughs> That, like, every character, every player, it's a floating hand, but they all have these very nice manicures. <laughs> I and guess I didn't really think about it. Are we trying to, like, are we trying to pause for time right now? Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to pause for time. I'm being okay. serious here for a minute. I'm I getting just some Donkey like, Kong collection vibes. From this. <laughs> it was, no, I'm not going to pick on the rest of the game, although it is weird to fill the empty space with just gray. Right? Like, just expand the entire board in that case. Don't fill it with gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna, I'm not getting nitpicky here. I do think it's weird that, you know, you just have this, you know, the hands. Two, two female hand players when, when you could just like, all, all the same, you could just say you don't even need the hands because that's just gliding over the entire board and you're likely to make a mistake. And instead, the box that you want to be in is just, glowing or highlighted in some way and you just move over those so this way it's like you're moving across the grid rather than you're this like floating hand that i get is supposed to represent a real hand but like <laughs> bear with me for a minute it's also incredibly small i mean it's incredibly when small i was looking hand. at uh, i mean I, that all being said i don't even, i didn't even recognize that there was a different design than what i think of as the hand cursor from final fantasy just a white gloved hand. I thought that's all I was seeing. Like in, uh, like thinking back on my my gameplay uh, for this episode, I I must have blocked out that the hand looked any different at all. So I, I didn't. I did not care. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I guess I didn't didn't care either. But I will say it did throw me off at first as to like why is there a cursor in this in the in NES game it felt kind of like uh what is it like sim earth or whatever on the where it's like that needs a cursor this doesn't need a cursor i feel you just need to select your oh it needs a square. cursor i mean like it's selecting a square is is in itself a cursor it's just it's just a design right. element right but it just it felt weird to me that it was like a smooth moving like a mouse you know like it it didn't just you didn't just go from square to square you press up once you're on the next square you had to like yeah, move at a square it just it just it just seemed no oh, you, you are yeah are you sure? Oh, okay, then maybe I'm, I'm positive. crazy. Yeah. 
It was just a. a, a I, I, I'm, oh, I'm okay. sorry you guys don't like the hand, but it, it <laughs> I, I don't mind the hand. I just cursor. thought I thought the cursor the cursor just uh, was unexpected to me because usually we just we don't see that on NES. That's true. You know, in terms of table, t- where the heck are chess and checkers? And I'm sure they're coming. In fact, I think a game called Battle Chess is actually going to be the first chess game we get on the NES, and I'm excited for what that is. Yeah, for I sure. I know. Uh, I know there was a chess game uh, on the computer, I think, long... Oh, no, Sega CD, uh, Star Wars Chess, where um, the Emperor, like, has animations for, like, straight-up killing Luke, Leia, Chewbacca, like, does terrible things to all of them. And you can look those up on YouTube. Uh, Maybe I'll include a show link to that. (laughs) But, you know, chess sounds cool. Checker sounds great. I'll take any of these tabletop games because they're just easy to bring over, and why not, right? Yeah. But... But also, like, where are, like, the family games, you know? Like, this is a, this is, like, a big, you know, like, family fun system. Like, come on and get it. Come down to your NES and play Monopoly, Sorry, Yahtzee. Like, where are those games? What about that board game we played? What the heck was that called? Anticipation, right? Anticipation? <laughs> yeah, well, Anticipation was really the pinnacle of 1980s <laughs> yeah. board gaming. So you are right. that There's no reason to have Sorry or Yahtzee after you. Or other that. NES games. <laughs> yeah, that, that That's was true. It peaked so early. <laughs> yeah. And uh, apparently, like, Othello is in, in North America, I guess, is owned by Mattel for the licensing for that. So Mattel, as we know, is already down for making NES games. So they also own the rights to Uno, Phase 10, and Apples to Apples, of which we're not getting any NES ports of those three games. Which one would you want, Sean? <laughs> I, 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 I don't even remember what Apples to Apples is. It's like... Cards Against uh, Humanity, but, but nicer. But safe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's impossible. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I would go with... Uno, I don't know, man. <laughs> Uno it's seems like, like it would be even all. worse, though. Yeah, how would you do that too on like one screen against? I guess you'd have to be against the computer. You couldn't really play like player versus player. If, if you give me a Texas Hold'em, a Texas Hold'em game, uh, a poker uh, on NES, I'll play it. I'll play it. I'm down for that. Yeah. If you just put 52 playing cards in front of me, I'll play with them. <laughs> uh, we will get Pictionary. So no need to worry about that. I know some people were like, wait a minute, Mattel, the Pictionary. I'm like, yeah, don't worry, it's coming. All right? Like, we will play NES Pictionary, which has one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. And that's really why we ask people to listen to every episode of Nostalgia, because you'll just never learn about these games. You know, everybody knows what happens in Metroid and Legend of Zelda and Super Mario Brothers. You know, oh, like... Metroid's a girl? Like, you know, those things everybody finds out, and we just recap them yeah. in the episodes. But how are you, you going to find out Metroid? The... I did that to be funny. But <laughs> okay. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, you'll never find out that Pictionary has an amazing soundtrack unless you listen to all the episodes. Or skip the Pictionary episode now because I told you that fact in this episode. Now, as I mentioned at the, uh, you know, closer to the top of the show, we are not 
good at this game by any means. Uh, actually, good is good is fine. I'll say I'm good at the game. I won't say I'm great, and I won't say I would ever play in a tournament. But, you know, we're not people you should be listening to, but we're going to give tips anyway if you want to get better at Othello. So each one of us is just going to give one tip uh, on Othello. Joe, would you like to start us off since you seem to have the most familiarity? Uh, sure. This is just, I, this is just something I remember like reading when I was younger that, uh, so, I mean, you already mentioned taking the corners, Mike, but another thing that, uh, that I feel like is less intuitive is taking the middle square, like trying to keep the middle square, your color as long as you can, because that gives you stuff to like stuff between, you know, the outer squares and it gives you like roots to the outer, even if you feel like your flips at the beginning are not giving you, t- like, your opponent is giving you, um, it, it, with every with every move, your opponent is getting more of your color. Uh, sometimes that's actually what you want at the beginning, which I, it took me a while to, like, figure that out, because I'm always like, you just think you want to get as many as you want from the very beginning. That makes it so that it's easy to reverse at the end. I don't know if that was one tip or if that was, like, three tips in, like, one weird long run-on sentence, but there it is. Yeah, try not to steal all of our tips. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, you have a tip? No, no, you go first. Okay. I would just say that this is more of like a hack to beat people who don't know uh, uh, Othello or Reversi that well, is that, and I I kind of alluded to this early in the episode, that you really don't want to uh, conquer the, uh, the board early, because essentially all you're doing is leaving spots for, if you can imagine winding up in Joe's situation where there's like just a few, let's say you're black and you're dominating the board, and there's just a few white spaces left. However, later on, if white has a way from the middle all the way out to the edge, it could score, you know, it could change 12, 15, who knows how many pieces all at once because you're counting, you know, uh, diagonals, you're counting di- oh, diagonals in all different directions too, but also entire lines. So if you really want to play this game smart against someone who's not prepared for it, make it seem like you're actually like trying to lose and try to keep as few pieces as possible. Now, clearly the strategy won't work with someone who's good at Othello. And in fact, really good players can actually take all your pieces and end the game. Like you actually won't have any pieces left on the board. But assuming you can keep three to four pieces of the board early on, That'll open up a lot of opportunities for you later to take the outer edges and accumulate a lot of lines and diagonals all at once. Sean? Those are really good tips. Um, My tip is uh, don't let them see the fear in your eyes. If you get like the computer, whether it's the computer or the human, play with confidence. Play with that big dick energy or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Like, even if you're losing, act like you're winning. Uh, it really throws them off their game. Again, whether it's a computer or a person. Uh, I was just playing Mario Party with some friends, and I was I was really behind, but I kept I kept talking smack. I mean, that's just how you have to do. It. I ended up winning that game. Uh, it may or may not have had to do with uh, me calling them a bitch, but I won. So do that you got a lot of those secret stars at the end didn't you <laughs> Goddamn, the right bonus stars yeah. yeah that's that's what it's all about i like that strategy because a lot of people don't know this the nes controller can detect sweat <laughs> <laughs> and it'll know uh that's actually why like a lot of people can't get past level two in ghost and goblins is because they the game actually gets harder the more you sweat on the, the controller itself <laughs> It's been a while since we brought up Ghosts and Goblins. I figured I'd go for it. Yeah. Anyway, those are our tips. We have to 
on whether Othello, the game that was patented in Japan in 1971, not the game that was created in Scotland or Wales in 1883, um, we have to give our recommendation on whether that game is in the essential games list. It's time for the Essential Games list, and it's also time to see if a uh, game that existed for more than 200 years, uh, that's a lie, but close to that, you know, 2083 is very soon, and, uh, you know, who knows, maybe the Essential Games list will still stand in 2083, so let's just pretend like it will, and let's vote as if uh, Othello may or may not be an Essential Game in 2083. Joe? So I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's enough that is added to the experience of playing Othello, uh, like we mentioned, uh, by playing on the NES that makes it something that you have to do, like something something that's that's like a must play. So yes, it's nice to have that AI, but otherwise, Othello the game I think is an essential game in the world, but I don't think Othello the NES game is an essential NES game. Also, I even take that Othello the game being essential back because I think it's I think it's 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 a very specific taste. I like it a lot. I don't know that everybody will. So, so you're it's, giving it, it, I give it nothing. In the it real gives world. nothing. Okay, nothing. <laughs> Except for oh, my own, that. I like it. And that that's in your personal folder. I, I, yeah. I, I oh how popular Othello is among other people before I can decide Othello. Sean, clean up this mess. <laughs> um well you did say that we were reviewing the uh, 1970-something game. Uh, this isn't the game that was trademarked in the 1970s, was it? Like, this is a this is a video simulation of that game. So, that is true, so and so is, you've caught me on semantics. Then. Yeah, I, I, that's the best kind of caught on semantics. Uh, I am not reviewing Othello the board game. I'm reviewing uh, Othello the NES game. Uh, now that's because you don't have a license to review board games. No, no, no. I have a license to drive, a license to kill, and a license to review NES games uh, on an audio platform, um, not a video platform. Oh, but, but what I mean to say is that it's not essential. Sorry, that was. Oh, we gathered. Yeah, it's not essential. We could hear it in the huffs that you were making throughout the entire stump speech you just gave us, but... Uh, I'm here to understand. clean up the mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Othello being an essential game, it's just not a black and white issue. All right? Like, for me... For me... You flip. This is... You flop. Yeah, you flip and you flop to pieces. And I can flip-flop my ideas all day long to you people, but I'm just going to make it clean... I don't think it's an essential game on the NES. Uh, whether the tabletop game or whatever you want to call it, like whether that's an essential, like that's like asking if it's an essential thing, though. Yeah, like, but we're not. Life. We don't have a license to essentialize. I know, but, like, it's just I'm just saying it's such games. a weird question. No one's, no one should ever dispute like games like that. It's like disputing if if chess, you know, is like an essential game, like. It's it's just a it's a thing that happens well, in life. I don't think like, I don't think anybody but us makes anything essential games. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We're probably the only people that go uh, this far into it. In fact, I don't even know if anybody's ever said the sentence "chess is not up for debate on whether it's an essential <laughs> game or not." <laughs> but here's what I'll say uh, about about this whole thing with Othello and stuff like that. The back of the box that I read at the beginning of the episode said, a minute to learn, 
a lifetime to master. I believe that. I believe that this is a deep strategy game if you want it to be. It's simple enough that anybody can get into it, but it is uh, a very complicated game that only gets better when you play against real people that are just as good as you. Like That is the peak Othello experience. And I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find that in your living room in 1988. So I I think that the Lifetime to Master thing was the wrong marketing angle for a game like this. It's more like a minute to learn and a minute to put down. Because oh man, that would have been great marketing, right? (laughs) Because but that's like where you ultimately wind up with a game like this. You know, you're this is not the game that it'll be over before you know it, (laughs) right? This is not the game that you bought. This is the game that your aunt bought for you because mom was requesting something a little more like educational or something for your birthday. Yeah, you know, no, no, but no kid went to the store and said, "I I gotta get Othello." Because I'll tell you right now. They didn't, but they didn't take any even cheap shots though. There's no like fake graphics. There's no like guy on a, on a white horse with like a giant sword and he, you know, as like the front cover. There's, you know, like Atari 2600 games had these incredible covers for things that just didn't even come close to the <laughs> graphics in the game, but you really got sold on like the, you know, they were all like science fiction novel covers, these Atari 2600 games. So, so you're know, saying they that they really should have cool. reframed what the game was as like a like a, a battle for the galaxy? or <laughs> No, 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 it's... no, no. no. <laughs> See, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you're saying. <laughs> I think that that's your that's your family angle, Mike. Is that it's it's accessible to everyone. It's not it's not a it's not a kids action thing or for people. It's just that everyone knows how to play Othello. And everybody that's probably how the pitch went. Huh? <laughs> that's probably how the pitch went. Everybody loves Othello, yeah, and, and everybody, everybody loves, loves to play Othello on, Othello every Wednesday. on Wednesday nights. <laughs> well, nobody so knows what we're talking about. No, uh, they do. We gave them a whole episode on it, actually, if you remember. <laughs> the uh, the um, Bubble Bobble episode had it. Oh, good. We explained good. it there. So look, refer to the Bubble Bobble <laughs> episode for the Easter egg of what we're talking about right now. I will say one more thing, though, because this is a very long Essential Games List uh, episode that I'm going to have to like cut down and figure out how to make it work. But since I have your attention, gentlemen, I played another version of Othello on... Um, online with a computer that was significantly easier and that was not fun but here's what was fun that version of othello gave me little small dots when it was my turn of every possible move available to me and i liked that because i was able to see all of my moves but i was still in control it didn't show me like oh if you place it here though then they'll do this like it just showed you your possible moves and I, I still had full control over my choices, and I think I played a lot better just seeing all of that. And I want to just get like a quick take from you guys: Is that version of the game like cheating? It's, I, I mean, think. I guess it, it's not. No, it's not cheating. It. I think part of it, 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 it does sort of level the playing field because there are things that you may just have missed. Uh, but I. It's sort of like in any computer chess game, at least a a very, like, in the more modern computer chess games, that when you select a unit to move, it'll show you all the places that that can go. So, like, and that's pretty accepted. Um, 
in terms of com- competition. So why wouldn't it be for this? I guess I I, I don't know. I, I I guess I guess only because you're playing against a computer that can inherently see all its moves no matter what and can't miss moves. So I guess in that in that situation, then maybe not. But I but I feel like any other situation, if you're playing against another player on this. And then you could both see all your moves. I mean, I guess it's not cheating there because you both have that. But I also think that's not the same game anymore because I think a bit, I think part of the game is recognizing your moves. I suppose. Like, like part of the game is the the ability to miss something, and you can you know you can be like, oh my god, I totally. And if you don't say that, then you don't. Know, have- Very weird counter here. But the only thing I'll say is I'm just going to use Fire Emblem the series here. Okay, but any like tactical role-playing game, I guess, could fit under the same bill, is there, anything that you could do is presented to you in the options or, you know, menu, right? Like, like anything you wanted to do, uh, and sometimes even, like, with Fire Emblem, they'll tell you, like, how the outcome might go based on percentages, sure. right? Like, yeah, they'll say, like, oh, if you do this... But I, I've never played Fire Emblem, but I but I imagine that the game of Fire Emblem is built around it. Those are the rules of Fire Emblem. If you're if you're playing a game, you're trying to play Othello, and you add this new thing that's not in the original Othello. I mean, that's fine in this version of Othello, but that's that is adding a crutch to what the rules of Othello originally were. Like it's not like you take Fire point. Emblem as like that was a board game, put it here, but then added these little extra things. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. I mean, it's fair if if both players have it, but but I do think that it it changes the game. It's a modification. You're right. I agree with that assessment. If only because if when it comes down to it, the final version of Othello in the uh, like you know Grand Masters tournament, which I will link to on YouTube. I already have it prepared. Uh, you know when you when you're watching that. There, it's just the straight game. So you are right that like anything that you do, even in the smallest ways to change the game, are still a modification of the game and therefore slightly different. Whereas like my argument for Fire Emblem doesn't quite work out because that's something that was always in the game. I was just making the argument that like technically it didn't add any new rules to the game. It just showed you all the available options to you. But I agree with where we landed on this, that it is a modification of Othello, and it is now called Esposito. <laughs> right, we did agree on that. Alright, I, yeah. I like I like where we left, we left off with that. I think that's all the time we have for this episode, but uh, next Friday, when we release our next episode, we will all be on our Paperboy shifts, because it is Paperboy, and we are picking up some routes, and we're going on city bikes throughout the uh, city, and we are going to deliver the, you know, uh, whatever paper they delivers around paper here. Paper periodicals. Nowadays. What do you get these days? You get, like, the penny saver, right? Uh, like, yeah, I think I've been getting some uh, very... Uh, Never mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just fine, not going to bring it up. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, it, I always just see them, like, thrown around. Like, there's just this guy around the neighborhood who just throws these things. But I'm like, you know, I live in an a, a apartment complex. Like, you know, who ordered it? Like, no one ever comes out and collects it, but somebody must. No, they're it's not there the next day. promotions. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, that's what we're going to do all together. You guys as well, the listeners. Everybody should play Paperboy on the NES even though it's better on the Sega Genesis, play it on the NES, because that's what we'll be doing. And um, as for the show itself, you can always get in contact with us at NostalgiaCast on Twitter, 
And hey, if you're feeling really frisky, come on Facebook because nobody's there. You could have a whole platform to talk to us there. You could say whatever you want there. Uh, I know that Sean uh, is trying to get to, I think, 1,000 followers on Facebook and, uh, for the nostalgia account, not for his personal account. And if if that happens, he will post his phone number in the chat. I will. I will post it in the chat. So, I'm not sure what chat uh, you think it's going to be. You got to be there. You got to be yeah, there. You're going to have to be there. Yep. And um, another thing, I think uh, our 150, what is it? Our 155th episode spectacular is coming up. <laughs> uh, so that's exciting. We'll have a big 155th spectacular where we look back at the, that's other the golden anniversary. episodes. Yeah. And I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me at Esposito Film on Twitter, and I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.